So I was looking earlier at my calendar, Kim, and I think that Kylie should hear this too. What? I, I look, Kylie just graduated and, and she's joining us for this episode. She's gone through schooling. She's going to college. She's very well read. Um, I, I'm a big fan of Switzerland. And so I feel like as a world traveler someday, um, I think the best thing about them is their flag. It's a big plus. Because, okay. So Kim, Kim, at some point, you're going to have to help me get away from these opening the shows with puns. Cause I think something's wrong with you. Oh, like something's not right. hundred percent. Um, so (laughs) welcome back to my America. Uh, my name is Dan. I am half of this show. The the worst half, uh, as Kim would tell you, I am, (laughs) I am, uh, white people say it. Listen, uh, I am a cisgender white American male, uh, living in Michigan, relatively independent, almost conservative, exploring progressive because I just have to nowadays. Um, and this show is about looking at our flawed, but beautiful country a little bit through my eyes, but also through others eyes, including my partner in all this, Kim, Kim, hi, Kim. Hi, Dan. Um, I, Dan, every time you do the intro first, I've realized that I've been forgetting to say where my politics lie. Nobody questions. Nobody's questioning it. Um, (laughs) I'm Kim. I'm a straight, cisgender, white, heterosexual female living in Los Angeles, works in television production. I feel like everybody kind of just gets it from there. (laughs) Yeah. LA TV production. Nah, there's no hope. She's, we've lost her completely. (laughs) And then the hat on the hat of all of that is that I run a nonprofit that is working to increase voter turnout by changing the way that we educate uh, everybody from our, our <clears throat> littles all the way to our bigs, nice shorts to talls. Everyone's getting educated about voting. I mean, I feel like little to big means young to old, but you're short and, and you're old. Is that anyway? So it's tough today's it's tough. same height as Rachel Wilson, America's sweetheart. Go on. The, the, <laughs> I love that you do that. This episode is kicking off June for us. And, uh, as, as you heard, Kim and I both identify, uh, cisgender hetero, uh, so pride month, is something different for us. It does. I can't speak on it. Um, that accompanied with an article that I saw that I that that truly blew my mind. I had no idea this was this was a thing, and this was especially something that was hurtful to a specific community to which I don't belong. Um, the NBC News article, and there's a couple of different articles I saw, but this one in particular says news sites backtrack after dead naming transgender woman in obituary. I had no idea, and so Kim and I, instead of just talking about this and going now we're educated. Like we don't have a voice in this. Um, so we decided to invite someone to our show. Uh, her name is Kylie. Kylie, welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you so much. I'm Kylie Clifton. I currently reside in Michigan. I will be moving out for college, but I've lived here pretty much all my life. I'm very liberal and most importantly, a proud transgender woman. I transitioned about six years ago to kind of give a, um, an image of my transition and what it, my life experience has been, but I'm sure like within this obituary, many people transition later in life or many relatives don't even know. So it can kind of um, devolve and create perceptions of people that aren't always true. But I'm fortunate to be out and proud for who I am for a long time. I'm sure there's even people that I've met along the way that remember me a certain way or don't properly recall me of who I truly am. But yes, I'm Kylie and I'm proud to be here today. Thank you. Absolutely. Uh, and thank you for the, in- for introing yourself. Um, I would have butchered it somewhere, I'm sure. Um, so this, this issue of, of dead naming, 
again, totally new to me. I do understand it, obviously, you know, and, and my mind for me and, and like kind of current events, um, I think about Caitlyn Jenner and I knew her as someone different because she was very famous, you know, competed in the Olympics. Like that's who I grew up knowing, but to use her dead name is extremely disrespectful, especially as I read in this article, when you're doing an obituary about someone, you're like, well, they used to be known as like, this is who they are. So my first question is, I guess, just help me understand a little bit. Uh, if you would, Kylie, how is this uh, often happen? Do you face this? What is this whole dead naming journey for, for us? Yeah. So it, it plays in many different factors of many people's lives. Like someone like Caitlin, majority of their success and fame was prior to where they are today. Um, and it, that's even complicated because they have, they've raised kids, they have a family and they even have perceptions of them. I, I believe even it's controversial because their kids still call them Caitlin, but call them dad because like that's the role that they played in their childhood. So there's a lot of complicated facets to that. Um, I haven't been detonated in a long time, but I have a lot of privilege in that sense because my name has been legally, my apologies, legally changed to Kylie. Um, and my dead name isn't accessible really anywhere. Um, so that like in terms of attendance sheets, at least my age in school, sometimes that's a big source of dead naming because if someone is privately and personally transitioned but hasn't had the ability to like have documents changed or for my generation, even like within school, like sometimes schools will or will not change your name. I was fortunate to have mine changed even within the system before my name was legally changed. But mm. so in terms of my scope and perspective of that, I have not lived the majority of my life with the improper name, but some people do. Some people transition at 50 and have, have like legal documents, tax records, decades and decades worth of documentation that other people might like the obituary, I keep thinking back to, um, and I, granted, I don't, I, I don't specifically know the instance with that trans person, but yeah, they could have left people, they could have lived another life separately that people would have never known about. And in terms of legal documentation, it might have always been that way. So it's just unfortunate. The legal side of it has always been difficult to traverse. But yeah, I myself have not been dead named in a long time, and I'm lucky for that. Um, but in terms of what it means. And the last time I was, it was like, a, it was out of vengeance and cruelty someone was doing it. Mm -hmm. And it's all about intent because sometimes you could have like a really young or even a really old relative that might be forgetful or it's kind of grasping with the situation. Um, and it kind of plays similar with pronouns. Like if someone didn't mean to, or it was simply an accident, I think that speaks to a different level of intent. Like if someone spent years and years with you with a certain name or certain pronouns, it sometimes can be difficult to adjust to that, but I think intent is big for me. If, if someone were to call me a certain name or pronouns in a certain day, I'd kind of have to evaluate where they're coming from because if it was to specifically hurt me, I think that speaks much louder to someone that might not know or um, might not have fully grasped to the my true identity now. Mm -hmm. I was just thinking, yeah, we, well, I was just thinking this is something we've talked about a couple of times on, on the podcast is intent and, and being aware of, you know, where somebody is, whether they are right or wrong, like where they're coming from in their, um, what's behind it. Is it malice? Is it truly just forgetfulness or ignorance or, you know what I mean? It doesn't make it okay, but it definitely changes the, I would think it would change the view of it just a little bit to know that it's not coming from like a, a genuinely like hurtful, mean place. And it, and it feels like for me, you know, again, recognizing my privilege in, in the world, um, 
you know, says gender, hetero, white, male, it seems like a lot of people like me get so scared that like, well, they're all coming for me. They're just going to, if I say something wrong, I'm just going to be canceled or what. And like, we've covered cancel culture before. It's all, you know, BS, but, um, <laughs> but the idea, like it, it's, it's, it kind of makes me kind of like, it sounds silly, but it kind of makes me feel good that you're that Kylie for you, it's, it's about intent. Like if, if I say something wrong, knowing that I'm just going to fumble through some stuff, you're going to be like, okay, well, thank you for thinking, but let me talk to you and I'm going to listen and I'm going to try to make amends, um, knowing that you're, you're not coming for me, <laughs> like as silly as that is. Um, so yeah, thank you for that. Um, so you mentioned school when, when you were younger and you came out and you were comfortable dis- discovering who you, who you are, um, how was it for school? Like, is that, gosh, it has to be difficult. So yeah. Can you share that a little bit? Definitely. School was, um, and it's very unique for everyone. Um, so when I first came out to my mom, um, I knew that I wanted to be like fully open and proud. Many people choose to kind of transition privately or kind of keep it as secret as possible. But I knew that for my comfort level, I wanted everyone to know because I was so happy to be who I was at that time. It was about 12 years old. Mm-hmm. I was in the sixth grade. I was funny enough at like a new school, but it wasn't like new enough to like really go under the radar. But um, we, we immediately reached out to local LGBT centers and their advice was to work directly with administration at my middle school at the time and all my teachers. So that was a unique experience not everyone gets. And that's because my, I was very lucky to have at least immediate support of my family, extended family can always be an issue, but immediate support. And then my family wanted to help me get there. But there's a lot of times where kids come out, um, and sometimes school is their only safe place, but then their parents might not be able to help them reach the point that they want to, because a lot of times there's no support at home. So I was privileged in that sense and being able to have access. So like, I mean, it was a couple, it was, for me, it was a couple months. It wasn't like we woke up one day and the next day it was Kylie. And that was for advice of kind of prepping the community. And they even wanted it to go a little longer, but it was at that point where it was, I was fully Kylie at home and I was, um, just ready to make the full, the full step. Um, and that was a big deal. And they were very accommodating, very supportive. I just remember they were hesitant and respectfully so. I mean, it is, I believe at the time I was the first student for them to work with them and properly guide along that. But it was, it was wonderful to know that um, like my gender was changed in the system. My name was changed in the system. And those were things I was obviously going to go down the line and do. But that was something I was very lucky to have happen at that time. So what, what, a, big, what a big moment of triggering for trans students is usually attendance because um, if you have teachers that are lucky enough to ignore the name on the attendance sheet, that's wonderful because if they don't have the ability to change that there, um, but it can be really triggering to have a stranger stand up and call out your name. And I've even seen it unfortunately happen for students that were able to kind of keep it covert in a secret. And then in those moments kind of expose them in an unfortunate way. So it's, it's difficult because that's a, the public school system is very like legal documentation names and it's, you're all in one spot and you don't really want to be, but um, so it's, it's difficult, but I've been very lucky. And even at that point, I knew that all my teachers knew whether, whether or not I'd expected them to, and just being comfortable being myself because there was adults that already knew who I was. So I have a unique experience in that, um, my school was entirely prepped for, for me to exist happily, but that unfortunately isn't the case for everyone. Yeah, that, that is, that's great to hear. Yeah. So when you talk about your mom being so supportive, um, one of my questions is, is how, how can we be supportive as parents 
without like, I don't know. I'm just like, what did your mom do? Right. What did she do wrong? What can we do? What was your experience? I'm, I'm real just curious about that. Um, I think the best thing a parent can do is listen because it can be very complicated and difficult, whether it's sexuality or gender identity, because the biggest thing my mom was, was my mom was scared, not for how, not for like what people would think of us. She was more so scared of like the danger, the pressures and all that stuff of what it means to be trans in America today. So, um, for a lot of things, she was apprehensive, but appropriately apprehensive, um, versus me, I like wanted to hit the ground running because I had made this huge discovery about myself and could put it to words. But yeah. so um, my mom has a background in HR. So I didn't know at the time, but had a lot of training on diversity. And granted, that doesn't make you the most educated and qualified person in the world. But she had awareness and understanding already of what it meant to be trans or any aspect of LGBT. So even that base education was very helpful for me. Um, I think just support your child or no matter what there's always a there's always a conversation that's unfortunate like how can you know if the child is right like what if they know is right or wrong like um and what will sometimes happen and it's a complicated subject is sometimes a child will come out more than once um what happens a lot with trans especially trans youth is they might initially come out as gay or lesbian because um an early an early sign that might detect a difference in gender identity whether it's gender fluid or transgender is um whom someone might be attracted to. So if they can articulate that, let's say if they um, were born with a assigned gender of male, but were attracted to males, then maybe they articulate that before gender identity. And then sometimes, sometimes kids come out as gay and then later come out as a different gender identity. And that's fully okay, but then that um, it's difficult because some people can't wrap their head around it. Like they think you like changed your mind, you jumped to something else, like how can this be true? But it's really just that sometimes people come out more than once to fully discover who they are because it's it is a journey and there's many aspects of gender and sexuality that sometimes you can't get right the first time. But I think no matter what, supporting your child, no matter what happens, because let's say what if they come out as something that they think is true, but then later they discover that maybe something else, whether they prefer different pronouns or um, it's all it's all a journey. And I don't think I don't think it's that one one thing can truly describe one person. So I think just supporting them regardless, because I I think that's important because sometimes their truth might change. Sometimes the right might be right the first time, but I think supporting them regardless of what happens is the most powerful, powerful thing a parent can do. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I've, I've heard the saying of, well, it's just a fad. Um, is it just, you know, they, like you said, is it, they just don't know or whatever, but in all reality, the way you described it as a journey, I think is, is the key, right? We don't have all the answers. Um, you know, even kind of your like heteronormative stuff, you, you, maybe you have an attraction to brunettes versus blondes versus what, and like you, you don't have all the answers. We don't have, no, but like, it's okay. We don't have the answers <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Um, what, so it sounds like, so it sounds like your mom is really supportive I, and, and disclosure, like, I know, I know your mom somewhat. Um, I know you're one of your siblings. Um, volunteered for an organization that I used to run. So like, I, I know your family. It sounds like your mom got a lot right. Is there anything that maybe she didn't get right that you're like, oh, if only people would have known this. Like, like without bad mouthing her, of course. <laughs> I mean. Um, I, I, would, I guess I would think. Um, yeah, I guess, I guess I, I wish parents would stop thinking about what other people would think. Mm. Um, I don't think it was ever, sometimes parents will hold people back or even like ask children to act or dress a certain way around certain relatives. And my, my mom never did that. 
but I think I just, um, and it's obviously understandable to be scared about what will happen, but I almost wish we could get to the point where parents don't have to feel scared. The fact that they can just fully embrace and not worry about what's going to happen because you shouldn't have to be scared about who you truly are just because other people might reject it or um, it might put you in any level of danger. So I, I wish that, I don't, I don't think that's something that I wish she would have changed, but I wish hopefully we can build a culture so that parents don't have to be scared or don't have to immediately think, or sometimes parents even think like, what will my friends think? What will my relatives think? Like sometimes they think of the so, the social pressures before the child. And I don't think that was at play with me, but I think it's just something I commonly see and it's unfortunate. Um, or there's sometimes even levels of relatives accepting, like being specific with their acceptances. I had a relative that had told me it was like, well, I always thought you were gay, but I think you're too young for this. Like, as if like putting a measure on something is okay. So there's, and there's even sometimes hate within the LGBT community and even different backgrounds itself. So there's a lot to battle there because people have opinions and everything. But I think it's just a matter of um, hoping to build a culture of coming out in a more positive light instead of what should we be scared of, but. Yeah. How, how can parents be supportive without outing their kids themselves? For instance, if your son or daughter comes to you and says, I want to, you know, these are my pronouns. This is what I identify as. You're like, okay, well, let's make sure. And, and you want to be supportive, but you don't want to out them and say, okay, we're going to go tell all of our family. We're going to, I'm going to share it because I want to be supportive. Like, it's not my journey as a parent. How can we start to navigate that? That's a great question. I've seen sometimes where it can seem that when a trans child comes out, that sometimes parents can be overbearing and like hugely celebrate, which is a beautiful thing. But um, transitioning is a very raw and emotional time. Like so many of your answers are so many of your life's questions and most uncomfortable parts of your life before are finally being answered, but then actually working through them in the physical process of transitioning in social ways and personal ways. It's, it's a big process. So I think that's a, that's a great point that, um, I think just take it in steps. Like my, my transition was at least coming out fully. It was kind of mapped out. It was like a three month period. It was like working with school, working with people locally and working with just kind of starting even the medical process of transitioning at 12. So I think, um, I think my mom did it right. And that it wasn't that I woke up the next day and was immediately thrown into the world as Kylie, because even though I wanted to, um, I was very eager and excited because I was so thankful to fully know who I was and it was really validating. Um, but I don't, I don't think I was ready to face the world as myself the next day. Like I would, even though I might've been personally ready, I didn't even comprehend the social pressures of that. So we, I remember we even started small, like my mom got me like a, fem, a feminine pajama set, like something that could be mine and personal, even though, because I didn't know at the time that I wasn't fully ready to tell everyone. So I think whenever, whatever you can in small steps, whether it's living your true self at home or pronouns name, just doing whatever you can to kind of build to the larger goal that is safe and comfortable. These are fantastic at home tips and like for your parent, for, for parents who are trying to, you know, figure out the best way to, to make things at home comfortable for their kids. Is there anything as you're looking at just kind of like globally, you know, here, um, politically that you wish, I mean, there are a lot of opportunities in our <laughs> government, but is there anything that you like, what, you know, some specific things that you look at and think, you know, if we could get this right, and move from there? Oh, definitely. I mean, from politically and globally, and I'm thankful that it's been on a better stride since then. So it was on a really negative, at least here in the US politically for trans people. 
Um, I think of big things. I forget. I had to undergo so many hours of like professional therapy to reach certain letters to reach certain point, which I'm thankful for therapy. I think anyone should do therapy. Um, but it was, it was like a huge battle and a huge amounts of time to reach letters to get certain parts of transitioning possible. And granted, a medical transition is not the answer to everyone's aspects of transitioning. Um, I don't think it's that. Some people think that like the medical aspects of transition will truly define you as the woman or man that you actually identify as. Um, and that's, that's a big battle. I know some states are kind of waiving some of that aspects, but it was, I would have to spend so much of my time in therapy just to be able to be eligible to medically and seek treatment to suit my identity. And I'm thankful for that because it helped me undergo and kind of navigate transitioning. But I think it's unfortunate the amount of steps that people have to go. Or even though like get my name changed was a big battle or um, we had to like traverse. There's just a lot of le legalities at play that you have to like find loopholes. And it's not that you're like betraying the system, but we had to be careful. When I got my driver's license in my state, I couldn't use my birth certificate because that can't be changed. I had to use this. Like I just feel like Legally, there can be a lot of ways that can help properly support whether trans youth or even just trans adults, um, whether it's gender markers, um, the processing to get approval for certain things. Um, I don't know that isn't easy, but or even just potential legislation in place because my school had to completely like write out um, a plan with a local LGBT center to actually help and support trans students, which um, I feel like that shouldn't have to be, I feel like maybe even written legislation to help guide trans youth or trans adults. I don't think it should be a thing that administrators should have to scramble and reach out to do that. Um, what are some of the the myths that you battle? I got to believe there's some dumb questions or, <laughs> or myths that you're like, oh, come on. What's a couple of the biggest myths that you battle today still? Um, literally just it's it's always ends up being the same thing the biggest question is how you had the surgery like people always want to know whatever is between your legs which is unfortunate um or people will like um like compliment you so much in like kind of creepy ways like oh I would have never known like you should be so impressed like um although like try to introduce yeah I, there's just a lot of it's almost like patronizing it's like um, they might, they might seem, I mean, they obviously, I hope that they come from a place of positivity and curiosity and support, but it, it comes off really degrading, like whether it's, and for a while I would answer the questions, whether it was anything about my body or anything about, um, um, my new life. Like I would ask, I, and I, and I, myself, I am very feminine and I was so thankful to explore clothes, but I was asked things like, aren't you so excited to wear skirts or stuff like that? Like, it was almost like, I don't know. I just feel like there's been moments in some of those questions where you aren't truly treated like the true gender identity that you are. It's almost like you're parading in that and like, oh, what's it like? Like when it's, it's different because there's different treatments in that way, but just a lot of ignorance out of on education. But um, at least what I felt, I felt kind of responsible to answer some of those questions because if I were to respond in any tone that was either angry or kind of annoyed, it would kind of speak for the entire community if they've never met many people like that. But yeah. so, yeah, I've had to answer a lot of uncomfortable questions, but um, I hope to get to the point where I can kind of say that's not an appropriate question. But, yeah. yeah. Well, if, if I, it, 
tell me you have my permission. Call me inappropriate at any point. <laughs> like, dude, don't be a dumb. None of these questions are inappropriate. But thank you. <laughs> good, good. <laughs> so, so what's next for you? So you you're you're going into college. You're moving away from home. Like, what's next for you? What are you going into? What are your hopes and, and dreams for the future? What does that look like? Where are you going to college? Also, yeah. I'm actually um I'm going to Loyola Marymount University in Los Angeles. I'm very excited about that. I know, yeah, I know. Um, we'll be neighbors. I know. I'm so excited. <laughs> um, and there's a lot at play with that. This summer, I do happen to have a big medical surgery that's going to be happening relating to my tradition, and that's so exciting. It's um just one of many steps along the way. Um. I will be studying journalism, which is a, it's really important to me because I've had a lot of experience um, being interviewed about my experience on many aspects, whether it was legalities, tradition, um, or even the Trump administration. I'm thankful to have spoken out about those things. Um, but I've, through, through my research and discovering of journalism, I've been able to tell my story and uplift other voices. So that's been really powerful, whether it's profiling people of different backgrounds, gender identities or um, sexuality. I think it's really powerful to uplift those voices that we don't often see uplifted and even navigate my own voice and telling many aspects of my experience. Very cool. Well, if we can, we can ever be of assistance at My America or personally, let us know. Um, yeah. Of course, Kim is in you know TV production and has a, a master's in poli sci and I did journalism as a career and now I'm in marketing. Um, but you've got, you've got awesome. a friend in, in our show for sure. What? Absolutely. What haven't we talked about, whether it's just, you know, the, the, the trans community, your story personally, your future um, that you want to make sure listeners walk away with? Because like, and I just, I just want to say it's been inspirational. You've been so kind to share your time with us. Um, what's the what's the feel good walk away for, for folks listening? Um, I think one of the big takeaways is whether someone is identifies with a different gender identity, whether it's um, male, female anything in between. I think it's just important to remember that they they are that identity. They're not um, anything but that. Because I've seen a lot of comments where it's um, kind of regarding, it's like, oh, they're not a real woman or, oh, they're not a real man. And I think that's unfortunate because we're, we're dividing ourselves by things that are so arbitrary and unfortunate. I think if you can just, the best thing to be able to support, whether a trans person or someone um, gender fluid or just anywhere on the gender spectrum is just be kind to them and don't, don't feel like it needs to be brought up in any context. There's even been moments where I've seen someone that visibly I might be able to tell that they are undergoing tradition, um, whether it's from any, any path of the spectrum. And the best thing that I can do is say nothing and just treat them like the person that they are, because it might be exciting to be like, oh, I can visibly tell that you're transitioning from this to this. I'm so proud of you that usually ends up being counterintuitive and kind of brings negative thoughts in the mind. So, mm. but that's a whole other conversation of the privilege of passing as the gender that you actually are. That's a unfortunate conversation and level of privilege, but mm. I think just being kind and supporting them no matter what. And questions are okay. I mean, because our, our existence is different than um, the hypernor hypernormative and cisgender experience, but just always remember, kind of what, what would you want to be asked about your body or what it means to be your experience. But mm. um, trans people are some of the most beautiful, empowering and inspiring people because they've navigated such a big life transition. Um, and I think they deserve respect and the enjoyment of life that anyone else gets. Wonderfully said. Thank you so yeah. much, Kylie, for being a part of this conversation, for bringing your perspective, um, for sharing your America with us. We appreciate you. Thank you so much. 
keep in touch with you, follow you? Do you have social media? Anything, yeah. anything you want to plug? Sure. Um, it's So my name is Kylie Clifton, C-L-I-F-T-O-N, but everywhere it's Kylie Clifton, but both first letters are K because most things are taken. But <laughs> And if anything, if anyone wants to follow any of my writing, it's, I, I guess, just Google Kylie Clifton. It's in many places, but thank you guys so much. We'll share some links in our, in our show notes and make sure people can, can stay connected awesome. with you and, and follow along. So yeah, appreciate your time and your generosity, my friend. Thank you so much. So that was amazing. I, yeah, I am so like when we started this show, I thought, okay, we're going to talk about our America and we have our own perspective and that's great. But now to, to continue to build on what we've done and bring other perspectives, yeah. I, I'm so grateful. So grateful that Kylie made time for that. It's so important too, because we just as a, a country, as our America, like that, that title, my America becomes like bigger and bigger, and bigger as people just burrow in to yeah. their own um viewpoints right and that's not great no, no <laughs> we need not. to be you know it, you don't need to agree with i mean there was nothing that kylie said that was controversial that i we didn't agree with but um in general you don't have to agree with everybody but you do need to widen your lens and and take in mm-hmm. as much information as possible take in different um world you know life experiences yeah. as possible so that you can you can understand that not everybody has the same life that you have. Yeah. And that's okay. My biggest takeaway was empathy. Yeah, absolutely. Empathy and intent and, and like coming in with, and we've had a discussion before intent is important. It's not the only thing, even my good intention can go awry and hurt someone. Yeah. But if I know that and they talk to me like, look, I know, I'm sure your heart was in the right place, but, but this really, you know, X, Y, Z. Oh, okay. Gosh, you know, I'm sorry. And like, again, Empathy and intent is so important anyway. And that's how you'll know if your intent, if what you're saying is your intent is your actual intention. And and same with if you're saying you're being empathetic or if you're actually being empathetic. Yeah. Because someone who pushes up back up against you to say, like, I know that you meant it. You didn't mean it this way, but just so you know, here's why what you said was hurtful or what you said was incorrect or whatever if your response is to be like uh no it's not yeah right you're wrong you're wrong <laughs> that's a stellar impression that i just did of someone i guess i don't know yeah. i made it up i hate to, i don't want to meet that person because <laughs> they sound like a real jerk oh they just you know what they sound is like i just don't have time for that energy <laughs> i don't want to be around you yep. <laughs> oh such good stuff kim i am so yeah. glad that we are part of this these conversations and they're just going to continue to build from here aren't they Yes, absolutely. Fantastic. Where can they be built at? Uh, at our at my website. No. Um. So you can you can can help us to build these uh, by hitting us up on socials. We are My America Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, the Instagram is amazing because you run it. The Twitter is eh, all right because I run it and it kind of sucks anyway. Uh, but I'm on Twitter personally at Dan Moyle, and I am and all it and it does not suck. <laughs> I'm all the conversations, uh, but I'm at yeah. Dan Moyle on social media. Mm-hmm. And you are, you're on social. Kim Moffat. Everybody knows at Kim Moffat, verified, followed by I want to be verified. (laughs) It is such an ego thing. I want it so bad. I want the Twitter blue check. Verification is like a cat. You can't get it if you want it. Anyway, so at Kim Moffat here to talk about politics and um, whatever. Why do you hate me? I don't know. Something's wrong with us. It is. (laughs) 
<laughs> and if you want to help us to figure that out, send us an email, myamericapod at gmail.com and help us get through what's wrong with us because we are broken. Mm-hmm. Speaking of broken. It's like your voice cracked a little bit it did, there. It did. Voice is broken too. I mean, speaking of broken, help me to not be broken. Um, is Can the rule be no more puns to start to start the show? Um, Could that be sure, for a little while at least? Want. F- yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. we'll take a break. I feel like it's maybe, yeah. All right. Well, Kim, there you go. That's the show. Uh, thanks, thanks for spending time with me, my friend. I think you're awesome. You're my, welcome. My cousin, and I agree. <laughs>